Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, before we get into this episode, which I recorded actually a number of days ago and I'm just getting around to editing now, um, I just wanted to mention Glenn Tipton. Man, what what sad news that we're not going to have one of the fathers of heavy metal on the next Judas Priest tour. I'm going to see it in Newark, New Jersey in, in March, and, I, and I'm bummed. I'm, I'm saddened by this news. I had the opportunity to interview Glenn in person twice, once in 2008 and another time, I believe, in 2014. Um, once the first time was out at Jones Beach on the Masters of Metal tour, which was Motorhead Judas Priest and, and Heaven and Hell, and I mean, that's less than 10 years ago. That was August 2008, and here we are 10 years later, and all these bands are, I mean, that I saw, all these bands, and specifically those bands that I saw on that tour, Motorhead gone, Heaven and Hell, of course, Dio gone, Lemmy gone, and Glenn Tipton, yes, he's still alive, but he is, uh, he, he's not going to be touring with Judas Priest and you know the band isn't is you know we lost Dave Holland recently and I know there's a whole controversy about Dave and and stuff but um yeah man I'm just bummed it's like we're losing our heroes left and right and this is the end guys I mean we need we need the younger kids to to hold this torch for us and 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 make rock and metal exciting for the youth i i i think it's partly our fault because we have not properly passed the torch to them and knowing that that's a whole nother discussion but knowing that this is going to die guys you know glenn tipton he's he's not he's not his healthy he's he's stepping out he's sitting out the tour this is the end, okay? The, we're not going to have any heavy metal music soon or hard rock music or even just rock music, man. It, it's, it's gone, and, and no one's picking up the torch because it's not cool anymore. There's no money in it. Um, we have, unlike the movie industry, the music industry dropped the ball, and it's, it's not cool 
kids don't think playing music is cool. And when we do see these kids that pick up guitars, even if it's a type of music we don't like, you know, I saw Panic at the Disco, and I loved seeing 20-something girls scream for these guys who play guitar and who sing. You know, that is it my style of music? No, but the guy could sing. He came out and sang Freddie Mercury. The guitar players were competent. They, they excited a crowd playing six-string guitars and, and actually singing, not, not screaming or rapping. These, even if we don't get it, we need to champion these people. We need to continue rock because it's, it's near dead, guys. And, and obviously, the Glenn Tipton thing is just another reminder that, that this is all ending soon unless there are some extreme measures taken to keep rock alive. And, uh, yeah, this started out with me ranting about Glenn, not ranting, but being saddened by Glenn Tipton. But it, it plays into this overall sadness I have that, that rock music is, is going to end. And, you know, sure, you can go see the Foo Fighters sell out Madison Square Garden, and that's great. I love it. But where, where are the 21-year-olds doing that? Where are the, you know, 20-somethings out there playing rock music and, and filling arenas? There aren't a lot of it. You know, there's some of it, sure, but there's not a lot of it. Very, very little of it. Maybe there's none of it. I don't know. You tell me. Anyways, that's my rant for today. Sorry, I just I just wanted to acknowledge how important Judas Priest is for me personally. And, and I will be there supporting them second row at the Prudential Center in Newark. Black Star Riders, Saxon, Judas Priest... Yeah, and this Firepower record, as I mentioned on previous episodes, is really, really great, and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. And I guess who better, right, to fill in than Andy Andy Sneap, right? He's going to be filling in for, for Glenn Tipton. I hope they get Glenn out there, as they hinted, for some occasional shows. Maybe you can join the, the band on stage for some of the simpler songs. And, guys, if KK can still play, and you're going to do another leg of this tour or a farewell tour... If he can still play, because I know people set their guitars down and a lot of times they lose it. And, they, you know, look at Paige. He never got back what he lost in the 80s. But if, if KK can still play, why not bring him back into the fold for the next tour after Firepower? Whether that's, you know, a second leg of Firepower, a farewell tour, which I've been rumors about, or, or, or just uh, the next album tour. Keep KK in mind. Because for the fans, for us to see our our heroes from our youth up there on stage is important. You know, I'm going to see Foreigner this summer, and as much as I love Jeff Pilson and the guys in that band, it kind of bums me out that that it's it's it sounds like it's going to just be Mick Jones up there. Of course, last time I saw Foreigner, he wasn't even there. But yeah, that's my rant. Sorry, just wanted to go off a little here at the top of this episode. And now back to your. Uh, regular episode of of Talking Metal. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. Come on. 
Hey guys, how are you? Hope everything is well in your side of the universe, and we have a great show today. It is a, re- a really inspiring interview. I-, I must say, I didn't know what to expect going into this interview. Uh, that's usually how it is when I interview somebody that I've never spoken with before. But I found both both Dave Starr and London Wild to be very. Um, very inspiring. I, I really found this interview inspiring on n- numerous different levels and fronts. It's it's a great listen for any of us trying to get through life. You know, there's some there's some lessons here. You're never too old is is one of them I took away from this, and you know you you can you can make it happen. And there's you know there's there's sadness in this interview and there's there's uh, in, inspiration in this interview, and I, I really encourage you to listen to it. Even if you don't know who Dave Starr is, or you don't know who who London Wild is, still give it a listen. And Dave Starr, by the way, has quite a history. Vicious Rumors going way back to the, the, the classic stuff Vicious Rumors did. Chastain, he had some history with them. I tell you what, let's get into a little classic uh, Vicious Rumors right now before we uh, check the interview out. We'll come back and we'll, we'll talk a little more. This, I believe, is going back to 1990. Don't wait for me. Vicious rumors. Such such a good song. Check this out.
Dave Starr on bass on that one. Don't Wait For Me by Vicious Rumors. He was uh, a big part of the classic era of the Vicious Rumors band, a band that once featured Vinnie Moore on guitar in the very early uh, days. Not on that song right there that we just heard, but... um, yeah, so let's, uh, I tell you what, let's get into the interview with Dave Starr and London Wild from Wild Star. Again, in a very inspirational interview. Please check it out. Give them a chance. Go support them. Beyond the Rain, the, the album by Wild Star is now out. It's, it's great stuff. And so let's get into a little music off the record. This is Down Cold, followed by my interview with Wild Star. Frozen through L.A. night I'm calling you Pack up all the dreams of my lifetime In rolling steel Returning to the scene You're my lifeline But like a wheel Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and on the line we have Dave Starr 
and London Wild of Wildstar, who have just released their third album, Beyond the Rain. Hey, guys, how are you? Doing great. How Doing about you? great. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for calling in. And the, the new record just sounds great. I think it's been out a, about a month now. And it is the third record from you guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, how, how does this vary compared to the, the previous releases? Well, how does it compare to the two previous releases? Yeah. Um, how would you compare it to the two? Pre- like, was it was I, a different approach to it or was it kind of the same old, same old? No, this is definitely a, uh, we went in a different direction here, which London will. Well, I, I think Dave's um, talking about lyrically, it's more of a, well, I, I explained it to him that I consider it sort of a rock opera. Um, so it's more of a concept album than there are other two lyrically. And, um, you know, this, uh, the story is about, my brother's life as right. a musician and he took his life in 2012 and this was a story that was near and dear to my heart that I just wanted to um, you know I just wanted to include him in this album uh, so that was one thing that definitely sets it apart but I think musically it's it's us but maybe a little more focused us I, I feel like every album we get a little um, closer to just, um, you know, honing in on our sound. So right. I feel like this a little more straightforward um, in, in our approach to things. With I think we have a little more confidence in ourselves and our songwriting. And I think it's just a little more pure, pure us. <laughs> right, right. Well, well first of all, go ahead, Dave. Well, it's a little deeper because it, there's a thread, I think, that runs throughout the album um, because it's more of a conceptual piece. It didn't really alter my... The, the genesis of the songwriting for this album began before A Telltale Heart came out, which was our second album, because uh, I'm always working ahead. Uh, so I probably had a lot of the music written for this album uh, by the time our second album had come out. Okay. So it didn't really charge, change my uh, approach as the songwriter, uh, but when London was presented with the music after the tragedy of her brother uh, committing suicide, it changed her lyrical uh focus and we went kind of in a different direction and ended up being where we're at basically today with this uh, uh beyond the rain right on and london i just wanted to say first off I'm, I'm very sorry for the loss of your brother and i was wondering if you could speak to uh, the listeners about about who he was maybe just a little brief background on on your brother um well my brother was a prodigy guitarist and he won several competitions and was sent on uh, in his younger days. And he was sent on auditions for um, Kiss and Ozzy. And he worked. Um, he worked with, you know, some people that were. I mean, he was definitely had the skills, but I think were things never happened for him. Nothing materialized. Nothing came about for him. And I think he 
it, it never left him. The dream never left, and right. it brought him a lot of inspiration. And he would just keep trying to reinvent the dream, but it just seemed like he was getting a lot of rejection, especially when you age. People start saying really insensitive things like, well, your dream to be a rock star is silly at your age. Or right. uh, people were, I think the last, very last band that he really wanted to be in, they told him he wasn't good enough. And that was, you know, I, I just, that's really typical as a musician myself rejection is something you have to deal with almost on a daily basis. Yeah. And, uh, hard. It's, it's not easy to be, um, you know, when you're a musician, you want, you want people to love what you're doing and, and be moved by it. And, you know, you're trying to reach people. And then when um, people reject you, it, it, it just seems like it hurts deeper than if you were, you know, just, um, than if you were just looking for any job, you know, it's more personal. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it just comes a, a hard road. And then when you start to get older, you start questioning your whole, at least for my brother, it, what did I spend my whole life doing? You know, yeah. what, what did, what for, what, you know, and his, his, his self identity was so t- intertwined with guitar it's it's almost like you couldn't separate the two. Wow. And his name was Gary, right? Yeah, Gary Thomas. Gary Thomas. Well, again, I'm very, very sad for your loss. And uh, uh, That's really cool for you to say. Yeah. And, and I, people have said, um, well, this is kind of a timely subject because, you know, we've lost a few major artists to suicide. And whenever somebody commit suicide and i i know this from personal experience you're left with wondering why you know there's so Mm -hmm. many questions so many questions like why did you do that you know um it's and i think if in some way you know writing writing about his life was my way of including him in an album you know he was never signed he was he never finished an album so I wanted to include not only a lot of these lyrics come directly from me reading his journal notes and, you know, his, from his point of view, things that were happening to him. So he definitely has a voice here, you know, in, in the lyrics. And I, I was really easy for me to put myself in his place because, for one thing, I know him really well. We're about a year apart, and we pretty much had the same goals and dreams and problems um, as far as, you know, our backgrounds. But I just felt like I could relate. I could relate as a musician to the kind of kind of things he was feeling. And, and so could everyone in the band. So could Dave, right. and so could... And so they were totally on board with this um, direction. I wanted to take things. Uh, so I, I hope it helps. If it helps somebody 
if it just makes people aware or if it's just entertainment, it, I'll take it, any of those. All those things are good. You know? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, I don't know why this popped into my head, but you, just hearing your brother's story, it's like so many times from from big, successful, famous people, we hear this, this thing, which I, I think has been pretty much proven false, where it's like, follow your dreams and, and you'll be happy. And, and, and that, right. that, that, that's easy to say when you did that and, and it worked out. But I think for the majority of us who, who don't become superstars and, and stuff, that, that's really probably not the greatest message, you know, it, it's, it, it, and, and there's so much pressure and, and, put on you when when you do follow your dreams because you know it's almost like you have to you have to prove to the world that that this was the right choice so i i can totally hear what you're saying well the the entertainment industry is is rife with so many pitfalls because the expectations are so grand um and the chance of anyone really getting to that upper echelon is so nearly impossible um, the expectations are just, you know, and the pressure is just, and I think it just gets to a lot of people. Uh, and then you, you know, you mix in drugs and alcohol and depression and it just, it's a really, it's a really toxic, can be a very toxic environment right. for people as opposed to going into a quote, normal line of work, um, where I don't think it's, you can really put it on the same kind of level. There's no, there's no rule book for how trying to be a successful artist. You can be the best in the world and go nowhere. And you can be marginally talented and be a tremendous success. Right. Uh, there's literally no rules. It's really a, a roll of the dice for, for 99% of the people who try to do this. Yeah, Definitely. And we are talking with Dave and London from the band Wildstar. Now, Dave, you have you have quite a history going back to the the Vicious Rumors days and and Chastain. And you know, I, a lot of us always knew you as just a bass player. But you correct me if I'm wrong, but you handled all the guitars with Wildstar too. Is that correct? Yeah, I play all the guitars and bass myself. And were you always a guitarist who just happened to do more gigs as a bass player or, or is guitar something that came uh, to you later in life? I, I was able, I was, I always played guitar a little bit. Uh, I was always able to, uh, bang out chords and convey my ideas to Jeff and Mark when I was in vicious rumors. Um, but in terms of the level of what you're hearing on the last three albums of Wildstar. No, the whole thing changed when I got uh, clean and sober almost 13 years ago. And that's when okay. I decided, you know, I needed to get my life in order and quit drinking. And uh, part of my rehab was just really, I just delved into the guitar hours and hours and hours every day, locked myself in my office and detoxed and just, started writing songs and that's really when the whole thing began for uh london and i in terms of writing songs for this thing but yeah it i just got it's it's kind of a really bizarre situation because i was 44 at the time i'm 56 wow. now and very very rarely do people change gears change directions that radically because i would always was always known professionally as a bassist and uh 
I think a lot of people thought, wow, Dave's playing guitar now. This is probably going to suck. He's too old, you know, uh, to be doing this and to really do it convincingly. So, uh, but by the time we recorded the arrival CD, uh, which we started recording, I guess in 2008 or so, uh, I'd only been playing guitar seriously for a couple of years. So, um, the results speak for themselves. Uh, I'm very happy with the way everything's turned out. Um, yeah, it sounds great. And I don't think it sounds like somebody who did what I did, which was basically become a guitarist at age 44, a serious guitarist at age 44. Um, and then, you know, maybe you could say, well, the first album he, you know, shot his wad there and there's, really how how are you going to be able to come up with a follow-up to that? Well, we did it again in 2012 and then we did it again uh, with a new album. So it just, it wasn't our intention to just to, to have me originally do all the guitars and bass myself, but the, the more comfortable I got on the guitar and the better I got, I just kind of took the bull by the horns and just said, you know what? I just want to do this myself. We originally were looking for people to maybe play with us, but just kept running into a bunch of deadbeats and dead ends. And I just told London, I said, you know what, this is basically our band. And the more I can do myself, uh, the better it's going to be and the more personal it's going to be. So uh, with the help of Josh Foster on drums, uh, we just basically forged ahead as a, as a duo. And uh, that's just the way we've, we've done this thing. It's a little unorthodox, but it's just, it's worked for us for three albums now. Right on, right on. Again, the new record is Beyond the Rain by Wild Star, and we'll have links up to that in today's show notes where you can purchase it, and it's great stuff, guys. We'll also play a little music off of it later on in the podcast. Dave, one quick question about your past. You know, obviously you have quite a history, including Vicious Rumors. Digital Dictator is about to turn 30 years old. It was released, I believe... 30 years ago, this February. How do you look back on that record 30 years later? Um, it's a, it's a great album. Uh, it's not perfect, but I'm really proud of it. It was, uh, it wasn't just a record. It was a change in direction for the band because the first album soldiers of the night, uh, we lost any more, uh, quit basically before the album came out. And then Gary St. Pierre, um, it just wasn't working out and we had to get a new singer and a new guitar player. And I got, uh, I went out and found Carl Albert, who was an extraordinary vocalist and Mark McGee, who was an incredible guitar player, a friend of mine. And, uh, I recruited those guys into the band and we, we just basically recreated the band, which is kind of unusual after uh, one album. And then you're basically revamping the lineup, but that's, it just, it just had to happen. And uh, it came together pretty well. I think when we recorded that album, Mark and Carl had been in the band for probably only about six or seven months. So it's a great album. You know, I think when you go into making a record, you just don't really think what 20, 30 years down the line that people right. are even going to be talking about. We, we even be still alive or who, who knows. But uh, the album is still selling. It's generally regarded as, as the best Vicious Rumors album. Um, I did my heaviest songwriting 
content on an album. I think I co-wrote three or four songs off on that album. So I'm really proud of it. Um, it's great that people are still talking about it. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a great, uh, honor for people 30 years later to still be mentioning it, uh, as a, as a great album. And, uh, we were just five guys going in the studio just to try to make some music and, uh, right. But that line, that lineup made some real magical music. We, we did a couple more albums after we got signed to Atlantic, but a lot of people seem to point that digital dictator was the best that that classic lineup did. Absolutely. And, you know, we know, we know a lot about your history, Dave, but, but London musically, could you maybe just briefly go into some of your musical, your history and, and what you have were up to before Wildstar musically? Um, yeah, well, I've always, um, I've been singing probably since I was 14, but, um, you know, in the, in the eighties, I wanted to be in a metal band and I auditioned a lot and I got in bands and I'd be in the band for about a week or maybe two weeks. And they'd say, well, we want to, we want a male front, you know, we don't want a female. That's not part, you know, we're not comfortable with that as our image. I mean, you have to remember back then it was like male dominated and your image was so important. I'm talking about on a local level to people who want to get signed. And, you know, I just got so sick of it. And, you know, I'd get in these bands because of my voice, you know, my voice would be like, wow, you sound, you're really powerful. Just you're more powerful than our other singer we used to have that was a guy you know but then they'd start thinking about it and change their mind i got really frustrated so what i ended up doing is um just trying to go in the studio direction i did studio work i wrote for other bands and recorded for other bands locally cool uh i do you know maybe backup singing if somebody needed it i kind of just you know, honestly, I I just thought, well, singing isn't ever going to happen for me. I'm just going to go in another direction. And, you know, I, I just didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but times changed and Dave came along and I was actually doing studio work. I was recording his bass tracks for the Chastain album. Okay. And and he he was telling me, I've got all these songs just you know he had this the guitar guitar tracks of rough ideas he said i was thinking about putting a band together and he actually asked me if i'd play keyboards he didn't even know i sang and i said well um can i mean that would be great but actually i'd like to sing and he said okay well let's see what you got so <laughs> i think the <laughs> so i i wrote you know, melody and lyrics to one of the songs, and he was just, you know, was I think he was really surprised and pleasantly surprised. And we just started Wildstar. We started making music. So, hey, you never know what's going to happen in life. I thought my singing days were over, and they hadn't even really begun as far as um, in the public. And, you know, behind the scenes, yeah, I was singing, but yeah, completely different than making albums and you know it's it's a it's completely different so yeah it was 
a late in life switch for me too. Yeah, I was gonna. I mean, I was thinking that ties in really interestingly with Dave's story of of learning guitar oh. and and becoming a, an accomplished guitar player later in life. So yeah, hats off to you guys. It's really uh, inspiring to to hear that type of stuff. And the new record, Wild Star beyond the rain sounding great if you like traditional heavy metal and and hard rock music this is a record for you guys and we're going to encourage everyone to to pick it up we'll have links up in today's show notes on talkingmetal.com and talkingrock.net and uh, right now to take us out we are going to hear the title track off the record this is beyond the rain on talking metal
was Beyond the Rain by Wildstar. Again, the album is called Beyond the Rain, and it is out now. It was released in December, so check it out. There's also, you know, clips up on YouTube and stuff like that. So great stuff, and uh, thanks to London and Dave for joining us and uh, for a good interview. Really enjoyed that. So that'll about do it for today's episode. Please support what we do here by using our Amazon links on TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net. Support, support, support. Go to that support section on, on the site or just to the show notes and scroll down. You'll see all the Amazon links for people all over the world. If you're in Canada, the UK, the United States of America, we need you to use these Amazon links. We have separate links for each, each country. So definitely check those out. Again, on TalkingMetal.com or TalkingRock.net. Read our reviews. Check out our news section. A lot of stuff going on on TalkingRock.net. I also uh, wanted to say we got a new guy writing some uh, articles for us who's been great. His name is Sam Supi. Supa? Supi? Supi. Supi, I think. Suppy. I'm not sure, Sam. <laughs> Let me know how you pronounce your name. Uh, you're doing some great, great stuff for us. And of course, we got also a lot of reviews by Joe Becht and uh, Victor Ruiz and news items. So please check that out, talkingrock.net, for all your, your hard rock and heavy metal news. And that'll about do it. Let's wrap up with some more classic Vicious Rumors. This is, again, going way back Digital Dictator record. This is the title track off of that classic record from the 80s by Vicious Rumors to take us out, featuring, of course, Dave Starr, who was one of the uh, people we heard from today on this episode. So, guys, thanks. Thanks for supporting everything I do here. Really appreciate it. And thanks to Dave in London for joining us. Thanks for Chip for setting up that interview. All right, here we go. Vicious Rumors on Talking Metal. Talking Metal. 